We declare the blessings of God upon our lives and our children and their children and their children and their children. God, we praise you this morning and we thank you for causing the mothers to join us on their special day. Happy Mother's Day to all of you who are celebrating on today. And good morning to the rest of you. Thank you for joining Exhale Church. For those of you who are meeting me for the first time, my name is Pastor Alicia. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm so grateful that you decided to join us on this morning. Now, many of you know I've been given a challenge to bring the word this morning in 15 minutes or less. And if you believe in me, somebody just put in the comments, I believe in you, Pastor. You can do this. Let's get started. Now, before he was arguably, and I said arguably, uh, the greatest NBA player in my lifetime, he was just a little kid in Akron who was shuffled around a few times before he was able to find some stability in his life. And we now know him as LeBron James. Now, before I go any further, drop me a heart in the comments if you know and love LeBron as we do, or you can give me one of those little hearts with the little heartbreak in it. If you're still salty because he moved on and went to the Los Angeles Lakers, come on, drop it in the comments, a little heart or a little heart with the heartbreak in it. And before she was our, um, our sweetheart that we knew as being the, the, really the beginning of seeing people cook on television and, and being able to have the joy of watching and learning along with them as she did magnificent French cuisine. Did you know that Julia Child was a CIA agent? Yes, she was. Yes, she was. And come on, put it in the comments for me if you love some Julia Child. If you don't even know who she is, we just can't be friends. I mean, you can still come to our church, but we can't be friends. Julia Child is Listen, she's the GOAT, all right? So if you know who she is, just drop me a heart in the comment for Julia Child. And before I became a pastor preaching and teaching the word of God to you, many of you know, I was an attorney that practiced law for over a decade. And so by some of these examples, you probably know that change is possible in a person's life. Somebody say change is possible. Amen. And so the question for today is, can people really change? Now, I wore this shirt. I don't know if you can see it because many of us have subscribed to the notion that a leopard never changes their spots. You answer that for me. Do you believe that? Do you believe that people can't change? Do you believe that once a certain way, always a certain way? Well, I believe that in the next 15 minutes, we will see what the Bible says about this. And I believe that we will see that there is a reason for us to have hope, not only for ourselves, but for those that we love so dearly that we know God has a purpose and a plan for their life. Does he have a purpose for your life that you received this morning? Come on, let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you that you are with us, that you dwell with us, that you penetrate our hearts this morning. We ask that we would be able to hear you beyond all of the confusion and the noise that tries to circulate us while we're trying to come to receive your word. And so God, we thank you that your word is going to speak and be yet alive in our life and that we will hear you clearly 
and that we will be able to receive the message that you've given to us. And we count it as already done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So if you've been following us, you know that we have been in an Easter challenge. And today is the conclusion of that series where we are going to talk about the journey. Someone say the journey. Now, I want us to consider a biblical example because the one that comes to mind first, it was funny, I had put a challenge out on my social media. I was looking for some examples to use for um, our introduction. And I said, um, can someone throw out to me someone who went through an amazing change? And of course, the first response was Saul who became the Apostle Paul. And so um, he is someone who most of us will know. And let's look at this together in case you're not familiar with Paul and see what happened on his journey. And so if you go with me to the book of Acts chapter nine, we're just gonna kind of quickly bring you up to speed about how Jesus took him on a journey. He took who was essentially the church's worst enemy and he made him one of the greatest assets in the body of Christ. Are you there? Acts chapter nine, let's look at verses one through six. It says, meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So as you can see here, this is the beginning of a new journey. It was one thing that Paul went from persecuting Christians to becoming a Christian himself. It was one thing that he went from, if you really get into um, fully understanding his background, he persecuted them, he captured them, he killed them. He was very zealous in his pursuit of destruction those who were the followers of Jesus Christ. And so it was one thing that he was transformed um, and that he decided that, you know what? I am going to follow Jesus myself. That was one thing, but it was an entirely another thing that he would then go on to be equally as zealous in winning souls for Christ. And so that is why I think Paul is so um, to the point as a great example of someone who can be a, a witness to the fact that God is able to change people. As we say frequently, the scales fell from his eyes. And so he became, as we all know, 
arguably, again, one of the greatest missionaries of all time. Um, certainly because of Paul, um, there was transformation in Rome. Um, certainly because of Paul, Europe knew Jesus. And you and I know Jesus in part because of the powerful work of someone who were first didn't even believe Christ. That ought to minister to you for this moment. That ought to say to you that change is certainly possible in a person's life. Let's look at what Paul says in 1 Timothy. Uh, he says in chapter 1, if you turn with me to verses 13 and 14, he says, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ in my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that come from Christ Jesus. Now, do you see the difference walking with Jesus made in Paul's life? Do you see how before his journey began with Jesus, his life was full with, with ignorance. His life was filled with uh, violence and blasphemy. But upon his encounter, we call it the Damascus Road encounter, do you see how he was able to receive transformation? Somebody type transformation. And his journey with Jesus came, uh, caused him to become a man of great faith. He was a man of great love and a man of great grace. Somebody type Jesus changes things. Amen. Paul was quite focused and effective at doing what he was intending to do before he gave his life to Christ. And so the problem, though, was that he was focused on the wrong things. Anybody know a little thing about that, about being focused, but being focused on the wrong things? And so what we see here is that when he encountered Jesus, he was able to take that zeal. He was able to take that passion, but he was able to use it for God's glory. He was able to use it to bring others to Christ. And so there's a difference between being passionate and being able to do what God is calling us to do. So I want somebody to type the right road. He had to get on the right path. As some of us may say, he had to get on the good foot. And there's a powerful idea that I think that we need to grasp on this morning because I think some of us very well-intentioned believe that as long as we're passionate about something, as long as we believe in something and we go 100% in on what we believe in, that we're doing something positive. There are people who are sitting in jail right now, this morning, who thought they were doing the right thing, but because they were led by the enemy, not led by God, not led by the word of God. They think that they're pursuing something that is good. They think that they're doing something that is noble, but in fact, they're doing something that grieves the heart of God. 
See, that's what we have to begin to understand. It didn't stop with Paul and it doesn't stop today. It continues on that we think we know the way of God. And so we begin to do what we think is right in our own sight and attribute it to him. But God is giving us the challenge on this morning that we will begin to see the things that we do through his lens, through his eyes, and that we would allow the scales to come from our eyes and begin to recognize in which ways and in which areas our, 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 our whole entire being has to change, how we have to continue on the journey, how none of us have yet arrived. Can I get a witness on that this morning? I think sometimes we believe that when we give our life to Christ, that we have somehow now arrived. We have nothing additional that we need to do, but God is perfecting us day by day. He's continuing to develop us and to change us. And so there are things that me may have been able to do that God would wink at as we were new Christians and as we were baby Christians, because he was just working on getting us to know who he was and getting us to learn his word. And there were other things that there were, he was developing in us at that time. But as we go on and we grow in him as we continue on the journey we have to expect that we're going continually to grow in our knowledge and in our ability to change so that we can become more like him we shouldn't be exactly where we were 10 years ago in the faith amen and so if we're going to grow in God, then that means that we have to continue on the journey. It means that there's still some things that he's doing in our lives and we have to be open to however it is that God wants to move. And see, that's what I think was so powerful about Paul because he was so committed to what he was doing. He was so zealous about what he was doing. Most of us, when we have committed a long amount of time, even though it's wrong, we will continue on in that because we don't want to acknowledge that we spent a whole lifetime doing what was wrong. We don't want to acknowledge that we spent 10 years in a relationship that was dead. We don't want to acknowledge that we spent 20 years advocating for something that we now know is not the truth of God's word. But what I love about Paul is how he was able to say, you know what? I make myself of no reputation. This is not about me defending what I've done. What I know now is I was wrong and I want to be right. God, I want to be pleasing in your sight. As we said on last week, I want to get to the heavenly gate and hear, well done, my good and my faithful servant. So there's no need for me to continue to drag and hold on to the past and continue on in wrong once you have shown me the right way to go, once you have shown me the right path. I am willing, Father, to make the adjustments so that I can walk with you and I can be used for your glory. Do I have anybody this morning that feels that they can make that same declaration? God, I am willing to make adjustments to get on the right path. Go ahead and type that for me if you would in the comments. At, he went on. He went so far as to say in Acts chapter 22, verses 3 through 5, I am a Jew born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, and I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under Gamaliel. As his student, I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs. I became very zealous to honor God in everything I did, just like all of you today. And I persecuted the followers of the way, hounding some of them to death, arresting both men and women and throwing them in prison. 
the high priest and the whole council of elders can testify that this is so. For I received letters from them to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, authorizing me to bring the followers of the way from there to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. And do you know what Paul said of all of his accomplishments? Do you know? Put it in the comments. Do you know what he said of all of what he did, his entire life's work? He said in Philippians 3.8, it is all garbage. It's garbage. It's garbage. I don't care what it was, no matter how significant, no matter how momentous, no matter how amazing in our own sight, if it was not what God wanted us to do, it is as if we did nothing. And Paul was willing to say that. And because of that, remember, come back to the central point. Because of that, he became arguably the greatest missionary of all times, meaning people came to know Christ because he was willing to say, I was wrong. I'm not going to continue on this path just for the sake of saving face. I was wrong wrong. I challenge you this morning to be willing to be like Paul and to go back. You may have to do like Paul. You may have to go back. You may have to say, I was wrong. I was wrong when I told you this. I was wrong when I advocated this. Now I know the way, the truth, the life. His name is Jesus. I was wrong when I suggested to you that it was okay to do this. I now understand better the way of Jesus is taking us on this path. And as we begin to put aside our egos and our pride and we decide that, no, Jesus, I need you to be glorified. No, I need people to know you. I need people to follow you. And if I was going in the wrong direction and now I understand that I need to get on this path, I have an obligation a moral obligation to go back to everybody else I misled and bring them on the path with me. That's being a missionary. That's going forward and saying, I not only want to make sure that me and my household are saved, but I want to be able to go forth and allow the Lord to use me to save everyone that is connected to me, everyone that I have influence over, everyone that I have the opportunity to speak to. I want them to know the right path. Somebody say in the comments, the right path. And so as a result of that, we understood that we may have a lot of pressure. There may be things that uh, we want to do that we thought were great ideas. But the question now becomes, is it a God idea? I know it's a great idea. I know it's something that when we toss it back and forth with each other, we all got really excited about it. And we all thought there would be something that would be really nice to do. But the question is, is this what God wants us to do? And I know for me, it was revolutionary to have to realize that that needs to be the first and foremost question. Because even as churches, we can be busy doing something because we saw this church doing it or this was something that everyone was saying should be done. But the question for us has to be, God, is this what you would have us to do? God, is this what you would have me to do? And as we are very focused on that, this Sunday, as we are very focused, as we said on last Sunday, about being able to hear from God and being on mission to do what he's calling us to do. The danger in us just jumping on board with whatever we see someone else doing is that what God was expecting us to do is not getting done while we're duplicating what somebody else is already doing that God didn't tell us to do. 
And so we've got to be able to withstand that pressure, withstand that temptation to just follow the path that everyone else is upon because there's a right path for us. Somebody say, it's a right path for me and God, I want to be on it. Amen? Amen. And so as we close, as we close, here's what I really want us to see and what I want us to transition and take, not only for us as mothers, but for everyone else who is watching and hearing this broadcast on this morning. What I want you to see is that there was an amazing journey that Paul took and that his path did not define his future. I want you to really process that for a second. His path did not define his future. He had the ability to change course. And see, here's something that we have to catch, whether we recognize this morning that maybe we need to shift paths or whether we have people in our life that we have been praying for and we really have been wondering why are they on this path and why won't they get off? Here's what God wanted me to share with you this morning as the big idea, as the big takeaway, that if you don't take anything, that you will keep this and hold this in your heart. Their pathway to change is Jesus. Their path to whatever it is you're believing God for is coming to know Christ. Now, let me break that down for you real tangible. I don't know what kind of situation you're dealing with this morning. Whether you're a mom and you have a toddler that is just giving you the blues or you have a rebellious teenager that you just can't figure out how y'all going to coexist in the same house. Or whether you have an adult child that has already left your house, but they are just on a path that you know God doesn't have for them and it grieves your heart, your body, your mind, your soul night after night. God wanted me to give you this word, mama. You got to switch up your prayers. See, this word was for me before it was for you. And I can say that because no matter where you are, you as a mother always want the very best for your child. And chances are y'all don't always think that the thing that is the best for them is the same thing. I hope that came out right. <laughs> and as you begin to want what's best for them and you experience the frustration of seeing that you can't make anybody do anything, then you can just get to a point where you just kind of wash your hands and say, you know what? I, I, I listen, I tried. I, they, they don't listen. They don't respond. They won't do what it is that is the right thing to do. The Lord wanted me to tell you on this morning, all you got to do is shift up your prayers so you've been praying, Lord, make them act right. Lord, make them clean. Lord, make them make the right decisions. But our prayer has to be, Lord, let the scales fall from their eyes. Lord, let them fall in love with you. Lord, let them, if they don't know you, Lord, let them encounter you. Let them have their Damascus Road experience. Let them be on a road that even though their pathway was to do wrong, as Paul was on his way to kill and to persecute, he was licensed to kill. Let them even on the pathway to do wrong, on the pathway of destruction. God, I'm praying right now in the mighty name of Jesus that they would encounter you, that you would meet them on that road and that they would experience you in a new and a mighty way, that they would receive you into their hearts. Hallelujah. 
and that as they receive you into their heart, that they too would experience a mighty change. Ha! Huh? Glory. Because it's through Christ that people change. It's not through our nagging. It's not through our reminders. It's not through our constant shaming. It's not through anything that we might do in our own effort, in our own strength, but it is through the power of God. Hallelujah. And so whether you are a mother or you're just someone who is asking God to make some changes in your life. Maybe you've tried, tried and, and tried again and you keep failing. You're trying to get clean. You're trying to live right. You're trying to be holy. And it feels like you take 10 steps forwards and you take 10 steps back. And you feel the shame because you keep doing things that you know you should not be doing. And yet here you find yourself doing it over and over again. I'm going to say it again and I know I'm out of time. But let me say it one more time. It's coming through your transformation is coming through your encounter with God. It's coming through your relationship with Jesus Christ. There is no other way. And so we begin to recognize that this time of isolation, this time of separation, don't you come back out and go back into the world and start moving without getting the message and the lesson that God was trying to impart to you during this season. They can open up every business that they want to, but until you come to a place where you have a personal encounter with God, you need to stay in your closet. You need to stay in your prayer closet. You need to stay right where you are and say, God, I'm not going anywhere until you minister to me, until you speak to me, until you show me the path that you desire for me to be on. I will not waste my entire existence. I will not waste the next 10, 20, 30 years doing what I think is right in my sight and grieving your spirit. God, where do you have for me to be? What do you desire for me to do? And how do you want to get the glory out of my life? Amen. That was the challenge for us. That's the sum total of the Easter challenge that began on Easter Sunday and ends on today. That that cross, that cross is more than a symbol that we wear on our shirts and on our necklaces and on our and on all over all types of forms of jewelry, but that it is the symbol of transformation. It's the symbol of resurrection, and it is to remind us that the things that we think that we cannot change, the people around us that we're just all about ready to give up on, and even if that is ourselves, that with God, everything is possible, change is possible, and change can begin in our lives today. Do you receive it this morning? Do, we, do you receive it? Amen. I pray that you do. Can I pray with you? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I just thank you that you've given us hope again that change is possible. And no matter who this message is for, whether it's for us or it's for someone that we love, that we need to share this message with and encourage God, I know that it is going to reach the hearts and the minds of those that you desire to touch. God, we're asking for transformative power to be released into their lives right now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I ask that you would touch, heal, and deliver every part of their body, every part of their mind that is, is afflicted, God. I thank you for you being able to touch them and to heal past pains and past wounds and depression and fear and anxiety. 
God, I come against every assignment that the enemy has sent to try to take them out of their right minds. God, I thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus that your presence is hovering above them, over them, around them. God, that you're moving and that they can feel a change is happening in their lives. God, I thank you that you will walk with them on this journey, that you said it in your word that you would never leave them or forsake them. Oh God, I thank you that this begins a new path, a path that leads to walking closer with you and to knowing you and experiencing you in a new and a mighty way. God, we give you praise and we give you honor and we give you glory in advance for what you've done right now and for what you are yet to do. You are a mighty God and we thank you right now in advance. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Stay with us. We've got so much more for you, including our Welcome Center, where both Pastor Charles and I will be joining you, interacting with you, and loving on you. And again, happy Mother's Day.